before I jump into this podcast, I do want to give a quick shout out to my friend James Bean at SeedsHereNow.com. Make sure to check out SeedsHereNow.com for monthly sales, James Bean's pocket full of freebies, and of course, easy peasy credit card payment options. To catch the latest drops from your favorite breeders, check out SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome to the show, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 753 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer a couple of emails. Before I get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the kind folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Pro Brewer Home Grower. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my Canadian buddy Tonto. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Uncle Gigi. I want to send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to William E. Downs. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a local, my buddy Uncle Adam the Uber driver. Let's send a big thank you shout out to one of my favorite photographers, Zoso J. Let's send a big thank you shout out to my buddy Mateo. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, my buddy Easy057. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to another longtime friend, Kurt Z. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a grower who has improved a long way over the long time we've been hanging out, my buddy Chicago Dabber. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Fiscal's Organics. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends to support the show on Patreon. All right, before we get too far, I do want to start off by thanking everybody for the amazing and overwhelming support for the launch of the Irie Direct website. That's right. If you've been following along, you know that I did recently launch Irie Direct. If you go to my website, iriegenetics.com, there is a tab for the Irie Direct link. Click on that. That will take you right to the direct link. Thank you to everybody who has ordered, who has supported, who has sent advice, questions, and tips. Uh, That is a brand new setup. That is a brand new web store. We are working out a couple of kinks, but I think things are going quite smoothly for how new and how busy it was. I think we got it pretty much under control. Please be patient while we do work out some kinks. If you ordered and it took a minute to get a response or get the details you needed, I do apologize. I think at this point we've got most of those kinks worked out. But once again, it is a new website. It is a new service. Please bear with me while we get that going. Also, a lot of people have told me that things are sold out. Yes, I only put enough things on there that I can manage. It is mostly me doing that. So I've got to be able to manage those orders. I am a busy person. I only put as much on there as I think I can fulfill. Most things are sold out. By the time I get done recording, uh, by the time this comes out, I will be putting restocks on iRedirect. So if you've been looking for something, waiting for new shit, Go check now at the Irie Direct link. We've been rambling enough about that. Let's talk about the next order of business. Ladies and gentlemen, I look forward to joining you at the Dude Grows Growers Cup in Fort Collins on July 30th. That is a Saturday. The event does start at 2 p.m. It goes until 8 p.m. There will be a smoking competition. I've talked about this before. We will recap quickly. This is a cup event where growers will bring their flowers and the 
uh, attendees will get to consume those flowers and taste them and judge them and vote on who grew and brought the best flowers to the DGC Growers Cup. I will be there. A bunch of other great breeders will be there. A bunch of great members of the DGC and the Irie Army will be there hanging out. Once again, I do invite you to join us at the DGC Growers Cup in Fort Collins on July 30th. I look forward to shaking your hand, smoking a bowl with you, taking a dab with you, giving a fist bump, taking a selfie with you. It is going to be a great time. I look forward to seeing you. All right, that is enough rambling here at the start of the show. I did say that I had some great emails to read in this episode. Let's jump right into that part. This one comes from a friend who would rather remain anonymous. It goes a little bit like this. It says... Yo, Rasta Jeff. Yo, what's up, bro? I'll admit this grow is one of my worst grows in a long time, but with all of your help over the past couple of months, I feel this is my best grow as a cultivator. That is a really strong statement. Our friend is admitting that this is one of their worst grows in a long time. The grow is not uh, up to par. It's one of the worst, but they feel it is their best grow as a cultivator. In my mind, I can imagine how that would work. Sometimes I've played gigs as a musician where I was like, that gig totally sucked. I didn't play worth the shit, but I learned more at that gig where I didn't play well than I did at the gigs when I felt like a rock star and all the music came out super smooth, smoothly. However, it should have been. I feel like I learned more at those rough gigs. I feel like I learn more when the job is hard. I've talked about it before. I learn more when I make mistakes. If you do shit right, you just learned that you're doing it right. If you make mistakes, you go, well, what? I got to reassess and figure some shit out. There are details and steps I'm missing or adding. So you got to figure that out. So our friend said that this was their worst grow, but they feel like it was their best grow as a cultivator. So they are growing inside as a person, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, and as a grower, they're becoming a better grower, even though they did have a bad run just now. It says, my plants are fucked, but I am growing. And that is, that's important. Uh, you're still growing. You're going to continue to grow. Your life will continue. Uh, your mind will grow. Your body will age. The life will go on. And guess what? You get to grow more plants. Uh, I'm sure you learned something that you should not do again in this last run. And I'm sure you learned something you should try again in the last run. So as long as you are growing with every grow, it's okay to have some mistakes, some uh, to, to totally ruin a crop. That's okay occasionally. Just don't do it too many times. Learn from it. Make sure you learn from it. So our friend is growing as a person, and that is what matters the most. It says, I feel like you, and he's saying me, it says, Rasta Jeff, I feel like you spent as much work on my grow as I did this run. Uh, that is awesome, bro. I don't, uh, I can't take any credit for your grow. I put out a podcast. I did correspond with you through emails, but you did all the work, my dude. You're in there turning the knobs, picking the leaves, watering the plants, doing the things. You're doing that. So I appreciate that you feel like I did a lot of work, but uh, I've done the work. I'm doing the work in my grow and then talking to you about what I do. And it just so happens that it works. Uh, give yourself a lot of credit. You're uh, realizing that your grow is not what you want it to be, but you're realizing that you are learning from it. And that as a, as a person, that is a big growth step. So uh, don't give me too much credit for the grow. It says, I just wanted to say thank you. You probably saved me from quitting growing or having a breakdown or joining a cult. I really think that's a funny message. I do appreciate it. Um, I get a lot of messages from people who tell me how much I help their garden, how much we improve their process, improve their yield, potency, flavor, aroma, enjoyment. Uh, but to hear that our friend has had a terrible crop experience, but is having a good learning and a good spiritual, mental, emotional uh, building experience. They're growing to learn that uh, I'm guiding somebody, even though they're having one of the worst grows ever. Uh, this grows one of my worst. Yeah. In a long time, 
but they're still feeling like they're making growth. Uh, and a lot of it is because uh, they, I'm spending time teaching them. That is awesome. That recharges me. Uh, that is like giving me some fresh nutrients, giving me a dose of recharge. So dude, uh, you asked to remain anonymous. I will honor that wish. But bro, thank you. Big fist bump for the words of encouragement. I do appreciate that. All right, we don't need to ramble too much. I've got another message here in front of me. This one, it does not have their name on it, so we will not include that. But it says, okay, my dude, that's how it starts. It said, if you had to, and this one, um, if you got kids in the room, uh, cover their ears now because I'm going to say some crass shit. This is uh, kind of a fun email. That's why I included it here in the Thursday show. Is this a Monday or a Thursday show? This will be a Thursday show. Uh, so if you got kids in the room, maybe cover up their ears right now or turn it down or put your AirPods in because this one's going to be fun, but there will be some foul language. The question is, if you had to, and this is a game that uh, maybe it's not the best game. It's definitely not a socially or politically correct game, but I'm sure we're all aware of the game. Fuck, Mary kill. We're going to do a quick round of fuck, Mary kill here on the podcast. It goes, if you had to either fuck, Mary kill one of these girls, who would it be? And this is the only way that this works out to be appropriate because he has chosen strains. We are choosing plants, not people, which is the only reason I chose to read this one. If it were people, we would have thrown this away. We're not going to play that. But it goes a lot like this. Fuck, Mary kill. My three options are the moon tower, prana, and morning dew, which means I got to choose one to fuck, one to marry, one to kill. Um, right off the top of my head, we're killing prana. Let me explain why. There's nothing wrong with prana. There's nothing wrong with flow. There's nothing wrong with arise. The plants that do make this cross of prana. The reason I'm killing prana right off the bat is because I ran a dispensary in 2008. Mike and I, big up to my buddy White Mike, uh, and shout out to Tom also, and Chris Ann and Tree, uh, the people from that dispensary. Miss you guys. We were running a dispensary in 2008, and we grew a mountain of flow. We had truckloads of flow. I don't even know how much there was. I didn't care. There was a lot of it. We were growing it. We were smoking it. We were selling it. We were turning it into edibles. We were turning it into concentrates. We were doing anything you could possibly do with a weed plant. We were making it out of flow. Uh, flow was a great plant. Flow was the parent of prana. So when I smell prana, I smell flow. So let me explain why I'm so sick of it. I had a lot of it in my home. I had a lot of it in my retail uh, sales place, my dispensary. I had a lot of it in my commercial grow. I could not get away from flow. Everywhere I went, it smelled like flow. The plant grew beautifully. The plant grew perfectly. You couldn't ask for anything more. It was robust. It took a beating. It took abuse. Uh, it took temperature swings. It took bad VPD. It could handle anything you could handle. You throw at it. It could handle bugs. The spider mites didn't like it. I put out good fat harvest. It would finish early. It would be done before everybody else, especially outdoors. The herb tasted real good. The buzz was real nice. The aroma was great until it wasn't. One day I woke up and I was like, all I can fucking smell is flow right now. And I don't want to smell flow right now. But I had allegedly a lot of flow weed. We won't even talk about how much I had. I had a lot of it. And I was like, I can't just get rid. I mean, I could sell it, but it's got, I got to sell it. It's not going anywhere for a minute. It's got to sit here for a day or two until I could drive it to where it needs to be. So the weed is just stinking up my house and all I can smell is flow. So I take a shower, I put on clean clothes in the car. Guess what? I smell more flow. I get to work at the dispensary where I work and guess what? We're selling all day more flow. I get off work from working in the dispensary and now I've got to go into the grow and take care of the plants. And guess what? It smells like in there more flow. So I was done with flow and flow makes up prana after i made prana 
I put out a bunch of the seeds and I made sure that they were awesome. And then guess what I did? I chopped down that flow plant. I'm never going to grow flow again. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to smoke it. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just fucking done with it, dude. I've smelled it so much. I woke up next to it, went to bed next to it, went to work with it, came home to it. That's enough for me, dude. So the first one off this, the fuck, Mary kill sheet here that I'm just going to straight up kill is going to be prana. I'm going to say it again. Prana is a great strain, but I'm so sick of flow and we got to kill one. That makes it easy. Now that gives me two options here. We got the moon tower and morning dew. We got to fuck one and marry the other. Um, all right. I've made a decision. We're going to, and I got to quit saying fuck so many times in this podcast, we're going to get taken down or something by the YouTube here, but I'm going to choose the moon tower for my fucking why, because it's brand new and shiny and it's brand new. Everybody likes that brand new one that just showed up. That's going to be fun. So we're going to, we're going to bone down on the brand new one. Then we're going to marry morning dew. Why do I pick morning dew for marriage? Because that is a cross of a couple of my favorite strains that have really done a lot for me. Grateful dog is kind of what got me noticed. Morning Dew is what definitely made sure we were noticed. I bred them together. Those are two of my my heaters, my bangers, my top sellers, the most popular strains I've ever made put together. Why wouldn't I marry that one? So, uh, fuck, marry, kill. We are going to fuck the moon tower, marry Morning Dew, and kill the prana. I really hope you enjoyed that question and the answer, and I hope you enjoy and appreciate my answers. Once again, I'm sick of prana. The moon tower, that's brand new. We're going to have to play with that one. And the morning dew, that's two of my favorites. Old trusty put together. We're going to marry that one. All right, my buddy. Um, He started the message with, okay, my dude. So I'm going to end it up with, all right, my dude. Thank you for the great question. It says, I hope you're as high as me when you get this email and it finds you well. I was pretty lit when I got the message. Not quite as lit now because we were trying to do a podcast. Definitely blazed, but not as high as you. I could tell by some of the questions you ask. All right, we're going to keep burning through these emails. I do have a couple more here in front of me. We're not going to make a super long Thursday show. I'm sure you could tell that my voice is a little bit dry. I think it was, I was outdoors doing some outdoor things and I was talking quite loud and I feel like I may have done a little bit of work on the throat here on the voice here, not sounding like the radio DJ I'm used to. We're going to quit rambling. We are going to read more messages. This one does come from my buddy, J.H. What's up, J.H., you bad motherfucker? J.H., I do troll you and pick on you because you send me more emails than anybody else has ever sent me. It's kind of like we're dating at this point. Uh, you're a funny fucking dude. You got a great personality. Um, keep sending the messages. I'm always going to troll you and pick on you. That means that we're friends. JH, this message goes a lot like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, in the episode about Moon Tower, you mentioned that if you leave some phenotypes in too small of a pot, they may stretch. Can you please elaborate on that statement? Uh, and then it says, is the goal to choose a pot that will allow for daily waterings and drybacks in mid-bloom? So that is a really good question. I did mention in the Moon Tower episode that some phenotypes will, uh, what do they do? They get They stretch if you leave them in too small of a pot. Not only, this is not just the moon tower, this is cannabis plants in general. Uh, this is strain dependent, probably phenotype dependent, plant specific, but cannabis plants, if you leave them in too small of a pot, they do begin to stretch. They also could uh, auto flower on you if they become root bound in that small pot. It'll take a couple of things. If they're too root bound and they don't have anywhere for the roots to go and they're getting a little bit shaded and not getting the light that they want, then they will auto flower. They'll go into flower on you just because they're in survival mode. They're like, hey, my feet can't grow. I'm obviously limited to size. I'm not getting enough light. 
my only option now is to flower. My whole goal in life as a cannabis plant is to either pollinate or get pollinated. If you got some female plants in there that aren't living up to their best conditions, they're just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to go into flower. You're either going to pollinate me or you're not. And I'm getting out of here. This life sucks. I'm ending it. I'm not, my, my feet are stuck. I'm not getting enough light. I'm not getting enough air. My toes are cramped. I can't stretch out. Fuck this. I'm done. And the plant decides to go into flower. So some plants will stretch if you leave them in too small of a pot. Some will flower if you leave them in too small of a pot for too long. The reason I said stretch in that episode is because I was thinking about them in too small of a pot pressed together, and the light is not penetrating the canopy to get down to those lower branches, the lower leaves, and all the plants are crushed together, so they just start stretching. They know there's light up there, but they can't get it down here because it's so crowded, so they just start going up, hoping that they can fight for some of that light. Our plants naturally want to grow up. They're apical dominant plants. They'll get one main top, and the branching will try to reach up to that and keep up. That's why we top them, take out that main top. The others have the opportunity to compete. They don't. They know the top is gone. They all want to be the new king. So if we leave them too close together, too crowded in, in too small of a pot, that gives them a really good opportunity to start stretching. They're not getting the light that they could get. They're not going to branch out. Do you look at people's gardens and you see super tall, skinny plants that the branches went just out a little bit and then straight up? A lot of that is because the plants were either pushed way too close together, they were in too small of a pot, or they just were not getting enough light overall. If you do see those small pots and they're really branchy, stretching up real tall, that should have been flowered sooner or put into a larger pot, in my opinion. So uh, they stretch because they're in too small of a pot because they're getting root bound. They're trying to get up to the light. They're too crowded. When they're too crowded, the number one source of everything for our plants is light. They want that light. If you put the light over there and put the plant over here, you'll notice over time that plant leans that way. And then halfway through the day, if you just move the light over there, way over there, that plant will start leaning toward that. They grow toward the light. That's naturally what they want to do. So they're going to stretch. They're going to do their best to get to the light. If you want to grow a vertical wall, then do put the light over there. Then the plants will grow that way and up at the same time. That's not what we're doing here. That's not what we're talking about. Dude, thank you for the great question. Uh, if you've got any follow, there is more to this. I was going to say, if you've got follow-ups or more, uh, let me know. But there is already follow-ups and more that I did almost skip, and I apologize for that. It says, is the goal to choose a pot that will allow for daily waterings and drybacks in mid-bloom? That is not always the goal, but that is a good, not a goal, but a good thing to have. Honestly, in my personal grow, um, some of the larger pots don't get watered every single day, but that's a personal grow. And I like to be able to flood them and leave for the weekend and come back and the plants aren't dead. In a commercial grow, I definitely want to water every morning and I want them dry by the time I get back in the morning, if not by the time I leave. A lot of times in a commercial grow, uh, week six, seven, eight, nine in flower, we will water right when we get there at seven or eight in the morning and then water again at six or seven before we leave. That way we know they're not going to be crunchy again when we get there at seven, six, eight, seven in the morning again when we show up. Because a lot of those big plants, we're running three gallon pots, but we're also pulling 2,000 to 3,000 gram wet plants. They're wet. Don't, don't start judging, talking shit. They're wet. But imagine how much a 3,000 gram wet plant weighs. Those are they're four or five feet tall. They're huge, bushy plants. They drink up a lot of water and they're only in a three gallon pot. So we're watering those once or twice a day. In my personal grow, I'm using soilless mix. It's basically a soilless mix with a bunch of perlite. I want to keep that one kind of wet for a longer time than I do the commercial grow. Like I said, 
I like to, I'll use a bigger pot than I need to. And I'll flood that fucker. I'll, I like to leave town. I go, I like to do a lot of stuff on the weekends and I don't want to interrupt my weekend. So I like to give them a big fat watering on Friday. Then I'll just take a peek at them over the weekend. And I can tell if they're cool, or if they need anything, you can look at them through the camera, see what's going on. But I know that Monday they're going to make it until Monday. Then they'll need some water first thing. Monday morning. So I use the bigger pots using soilless mix. Of course, in cocoa, I do want that more rapid wet and dry time. So that's another really good example of some of the differences that I use in a commercial grow and a private grow, a big grow, a small grow. And the bigger grow, I'm definitely using cocoa, three gallon pots, auto watering system, and a small personal grow, depending on where it is or whose it is or who's managing it probably three, five, or seven gallon pots. Generally, it's threes and fives, depending on what I'm doing. Sometimes we'll put some sevens in there. If we're really limited on plant counts, we'll just put seven gallon pots to make the plants much larger. But generally, uh, I'm using soilless mix, and I'm going um, I water on Friday, and then I can water again on Monday, and then I'll need one more watering midweek, usually with the soilless mix. All right, there we go. I feel like we've wrapped up that question. Thank you so much for the great email. Once again, if you do have any updates, questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear the info, the feedback. The email address, of course, is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Reach out. Send me your grow questions. Send me your constructive criticism, your positive feedback, or let me know if you completely hate something that I did on the show. I'll do my best to make improvements and adjustments. All right, I do have another message right here in front of me. This is a good one. It says, is this an old myth or real in your opinion? That is a great way to start a question on a cannabis podcast. It says, when drying cannabis still on the branches hanging. So it sounds like we have chopped down the plant, but all of the herb is still on the bush and it's just hanging upside down. So you just got a cut down plant hanging upside down. I wait until I can snap the stems. Then I cut each branch into small enough pieces so they can be placed in Tupperware in an attempt to extend the drying period. Okay, this makes sense so far. You hang them until the stems pop. Then you cut them into smaller sections, put them in a Tupperware container in an attempt to extend the drying period. Opening and closing the Tupperware as needed to control the final drying, then trim everything. It says, is one of the... Is this one of those things I read 15 years ago and have been doing for nothing, or is this possibly viable? Bro, this is a really good question, and this is basically what I do in a commercial grow environment. Imagine if we cut down a room full of 3,000 gram plants. They're wet. I want to say that again, 3,000 grams wet. We're not pulling down 3,000 gram dried plants. That would be fucking cool, but we're not doing it. They're wet plants. So we're pulling down somewhere. It depends on what room we're working in and what facility we're working in. Generally, it would be somewhere between one and 500 three-gallon pots with 2,000 gram, 3,000 gram wet plants in there. That is a lot of space. That's a lot of material. There is no way that the trim crew could bang through that in a short, timely manner. That's going to be a week worth of work. There's a lot of shucking, bucking, defoliating, leafing, fanning, fine trimming, fine tuning, a lot of shit to be done to process all of that cannabis. So we do a very, very similar process to what you've got going on here. Uh, right before harvest, we will go in the room. The day before harvest, we spend the full day defoliating. Just pull off all those leaves and throw them right into the floor. Just chop, 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 chop as fast as you can. I don't know why I said chop. There's no fingers, I guess, it's or there's no scissors. It's all fingers. It's pluck, 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 pull, pull, pull as fast as you can. Get every leaf with a pedial, anything you can pull off 
take it off of there because we're going to cut down the plants tomorrow. We want them naked. So we cut off all the leaves. Now the plants are naked. They had their hair cut. Tomorrow we come in and we chop down every plant. We hang it upside down and we put it in the drying room. In that drying room, I've got a humidifier and a dehumidifier, depending on the size of the room. Maybe I've got multiple dehue and humidifiers battling each other. I put them both on 50% humidity. I've got the humidifier cranking out 50% and the dehumidifier sucking to make it 50. It stays 50% relative humidity in that room with those two pieces of gear constantly battling. Keep all your filters clean. Keep everything refreshed. Keep the water in the humidifier. Do not use the dehumidifier water back in the humidifier. That is funky. I don't like that. Don't do that. But keep the machines battling. Also keep a good temperature in that place. It is hard to balance the temperature in a commercial grow environment, especially in Colorado, but try to keep it around 60, 65 degrees in there. If you can, 70 will be okay. Let's not go too much higher than that. 75 is going to work, but you know, let's stay lower if we can. So I put all of the plants hanging in that room until just like you said, the branches begin to snap. Some of the bigger plants will take longer. Some of the smaller plants will be quicker. That's a good thing because I've got so many plants that I don't want them all ready at the same time. It gets overwhelming. So when shit starts popping and crunching, I will start throwing it into large Sterlite bins. It's the same thing you're doing with the Tupperware containers, but I'm using much larger bins. They're approximately, I'm holding my arms out. I think that's about three feet. They're about three feet long. They're about 18 inches deep and about 18 inches wide. And we just cut the plants down, cut them into small pieces, get rid of all the big sticks will get taken out. Let me talk about something uh, while I'm on, while this is in my brain. Sometimes I let the plants get a little bit crispier than seems desirable because when I put them in that big of a plant with all that material, there's a bunch of bud, there's a bunch of stick, there's still a bunch of leaf remaining. When I put all of that into the container and seal it, it really, really reconstitutes more than you may anticipate, more than you may assume, more than you may expect. So maybe let them get a little bit crispier. I may let them get a little bit crispier than some growers may prefer before I put it into that, into that container because I know it's going to re-moisten and reconstitute and it's not going to be as dry as it looks. And we're in a commercial grow. We're going to leave. We're going to go home for the night. We're going to come back in the next morning. I can't have too wet of a product in a container sealed overnight. I would almost rather let it dry just a little bit too much in that room than I would put it in the container a little bit too wet. So that's something I wanted to touch on. I let it dry a little bit too much because I don't want the mold. I'd rather a little bit dry, crispy weed that I can re-moisten with the trick I'll talk about in a moment than I would moldy weed that's got to get thrown away and never makes it to the shelf. Now, if my weed does get too dry, what do I do? How do I fix this problem? It's really easy. I go to the grow space and I pull a few leaves off of a growing plant, big fan leaves, and I drop those right in with the dry weed and I seal it back up. Now, the moisture from that leaf will re-moisten, reconstitute my dried up weed. It won't give it a funky flavor or aroma because guess what? It's weed. We're using weed to re-moisten the weed. I think it works beautifully. So that's one trick that I do. So I'm on the same path as you. We've cut down the plants. Um, we've taken off most of the leaves. We let it get crispy dry. Now we throw it into these bins. You've got the option. Do you want to remove a lot of the big stems or do you want to leave a lot of the big stems at this time? If it's really dry, leave them. They'll help re-moisten everything nice and evenly. They'll move, it'll move all the moisture around real evenly to those buds. Some of the bottoms will be more wet. The dries will be drier, of course, but if it was all real dry, it'll move it around to the moisture is more even in that container. So if your sticks are super dry, pull them out. If your sticks are super, or if they're super wet, pull them out. If the sticks are dry, put them back in there. But 
Uh, we cut off all the leaves, hang it upside down, let it get crunchy. Once it starts popping and going crack on the stems, we put it into the containers. Then we seal it up. Then we've got a guy, it used to be Mike's job. Mike would be uh, the leader of the trim crew. Mike and myself would go through after every break. We take a break every two hours. When we come back from the break, I would get the crew going on what they need to do. Then I, myself and Mike would go into the dry and cure room and pop open every container. Sometimes we would have uh, hundreds of uh, big 32 quart, I forgot the size, like 32 gallon. I totally forgot what how much fits in that shit. We'd have these big containers, hundreds of them. We'd pop them all open. And if they need to be open for 10 minutes, they'd slide over there. If they need to be open for the rest of the day, they slide over there. And we inspect every single bin. Then if they need to stay open, we'll just leave them open until tomorrow or we'll close them up. If they're fine, they just get sealed up and they get marked don't open anymore. Now those bins can sit basically indefinitely until the trim crew is ready to get to them if they're dry enough. If there's still moisture in there that could cause a problem, you do have to pop those uh, as needed. I'd say daily, hourly, quarterly, however you feel is needed for that particular product. But once it gets to that dry state um, to where it's not going to cause any mold problems, it's basically curing in that bin. It gets dry enough to where all I've got to do is when the trim crew has time or when one of my workers has time or myself even, when it's time, we can just pull that whole bin out, set it on the table. We got a guy that's really good at shucking. He just gets all the sticks out and all the buds will be in a bucket. All the sticks will be in the trash. So then all the big buds go to one area, the small buds go to another, and those get processed. But that can happen whenever. As long as we keep those buds in that container, in that room where the equipment is fighting at 50-50 and the temperature is right, those buds will stay fine basically forever. I'm sure there's some sort of expiration date and they pass their prime. They never last that long. We get them dried, cured, trimmed, and sold before that. But they basically sit in those containers until the trim crew can get to them, which may be just a few days, or it could be several days, depending on how many harvests have come and how many bins are in that harvest. One more thing I should mention, when I do the big bins, the big bin, not the clock, the big containers, when I do the bins, I line them with butcher paper before I put the plants in there. So it's the big container. Uh, I just have a roll of butcher, pa butcher paper on the wall. I know how much to pull off. I pull that off. I line the bottom of the container. I put the buds in there, and then I just gently wrap the paper around it. This does a couple of things. That paper absorbs a lot of moisture. That paper also helps me keep my containers clean. We've got to scrub them. We've got to clean them for the next harvest. This is just a little buffer. It helps keep some of the keef and the, the resin off of the containers. Helps me keep it clean. Also, it does one more thing. I like to flip the buds. I like to flip them. I like to flip the stake. You don't want the bottom buds on the bottom the whole time. They're going to get moist down there. They're not going to get airflow. They're not going to get dry properly. So I use that paper to just rotate the whole package of buds. I just flip the whole thing over and that paper kind of contains it a little bit. Make sure the whole package of buds gets flipped. The whole bundle gets rolled over so I can get that moisture that was down at the bottom up to the top get it out, get it moving around, get those buds properly dried and cured. Once those plants and buds are appropriately dry, you can just pull them off the stick, pass them to the trim crew, and they can trim it up whatever. When it's a little bit drier, I believe it's much easier to trim. You don't have such sticky shit to work with. You don't have everything sticking to your gloves. It should be kind of sticky, but when it's dry, you can just use your thumbs. I don't even use scissors most of the time. I don't have anything good around here that could work as a bud, but if this plant were a bud and I were trimming it, I'd hold it with one hand and just use my thumbs to knock off the leaves and just spin it and work my way up and down it, knocking off the crispy leaves with my thumbs because it should be that dry. So it sounds like you are doing everything basically the way that I would do it in a commercial grow. We cut it down, clean it up, put it in the bins, keep it kind of sustained until it's time to trim it. Then when it's time to trim it, we trim it 
Then it goes into uh, more containers that are uh, more airtight and better sealed so that they don't get uh, so crispy from that point. Then they're transferred to, to the dispensaries, which at that point, I have no control or no say or no idea what happens to it at that point. We do our best in the commercial grow to keep the buds, the plants, the flowers, the products top shelf. The grower has a lot of pride in it. We put a lot of work into it. I want you to get the best flowers, but I can't promise that it's going to be kept fresh at the dispensaries. I wish I had more control over what happens there, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast at a whole nother time. Um, let's see, where do we go? This was not one of the things you read 15 years ago that you've been doing for nothing. I believe that you are doing it basically the way that I do it in a commercial grow, which in my opinion is great. So you've been doing the right way. Keep doing it that way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But once again, do always analyze your process. Make sure you're not doing anything unnecessary. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you amazing cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to episode 753 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to my voice burnout. I think we timed it perfectly. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, once again, I would love to hear from you. The email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Also, make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else is on the website. If I said any of that too fast, if you're confused, if you're lost, if you missed it, check out the website, iregenetics.com. Check out the merch tab. Check out iredirect. Check out the Patreon tab. There's a grow help tab on there. Everything you need is on the website at iregenetics.com. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. I'm going to go take care of my voice. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my friends at Lollipop Farms. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Mm-hmm.